Hi, my name is Nick Taniguchi, and this is who I am. My guest today is musician and podcast host Nick Taniguchi. Nick, welcome to the garage. It's good to be here. And thank you for doing this on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So, um, you do a lot of things. And uh, before we get into that, I thought I realized something. I actually have known you now for 11 years, 12 years, Whoa. maybe more. Yeah, 12 years sounds about right. Yeah, I feel like I've known you my whole life, though. I know, right? Well, almost. Yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, but one thing I realized um, is that I have no idea where you were born, because you, you guys have, in my mind, you've traveled around, but I've only ever experienced you in California. So. Yeah, most of my life I've lived in California, but I was actually born in Seattle, Washington, oh, at wow. a UW hospital. Oh, wow. And then for... The first three or four years of my life, I lived in Woodenville, uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I'm from. Okay, and you've kind of been drawn back to Washington. That's, that's yes, a, it, had, it had a mystic pull on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, you do a lot of things. And um, what do you feel is your most... Um, uh, your, what creative outlet draws you the most or pulls you the most towards it? Right now, I'm working on a podcast project called Crush Hour, mm-hmm. in which I talk to people about like their crushes and their feelings and all that stuff. And that is the most interviewing people for that and like editing that podcast is my current like creative draw. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought that my creative outlets are kind of amorphous because. It's less about a particular format in any given moment than it is about finding ways to kind of manifest the ideas that pop into my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what I'm trying to practice and get better at is I, I, I want to find or perfect different ways of getting what's in my head out into the real world. Right. Yeah. How did the idea for the podcast come about? (laughs) I wanted to make, one day I was thinking to myself, hey, maybe I could make a podcast. I realized if I was going to make a podcast, it had to be something that I cared about and had to be something that I could talk about for hours. Mm -hmm. And I realized uh, that talking to other people about their feelings and emotions and attractions was really invigorating and exciting for me. I don't know how much is like too much information, but I have uh, I kind of recently have been discovering more about myself in that I'm very polyamorous in that I like don't feel very jealous towards other people. I Mm -hmm. feel like I have a very big capacity to love people. And part of what got me thinking about this was one day I was talking to a partner about how like I could be in a monogamous relationship, but it would need to include talking about like openly about who I'm attracted to and who they're attracted to, because that is how I feel close to people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do I feel close to people? Oh, I could just, just do this with anyone. I love this. <laughs> and, then, and then I started working on this podcast project and I 
I, I swear every time I interview someone, it, it absolutely just fills my heart up with joy. Mm-hmm. And I love it so much. Mm. And what's your your format? What do you record onto, and how, how do you go around? <laughs> Nothing this cool, <laughs> uh, because you all cannot see this. Uh, this is like a extremely cool setup that you have in your garage. Oh, like Mark Marin would be proud, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I carry around this H4 Zoom microphone mm-hmm. that uh, I've had since. Basically, I started making music in my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. It's just a hand-me-down from my older brother, Kenny. Right. But it has been so, like, it's just been my, my like, trusty tool in yeah. everything that I've ever done. And despite it being pretty, like, lo-fi, low-tech, it's, it's, I've been able to create some really fun things with it, which mm. makes me really happy. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I think the, the Zoom, I wouldn't, you know... Um, it's such a workhorse in this kind of recording. That mm-hmm. I, it's mm-hmm. the, the he say that it's lo-fi is kind of funny <laughs> well, mine mine is like five years old and it's like <laughs> really like it's almost falling apart, but it's still running in that way that like old technology keeps mm-hmm. running forever and yeah. ever and ever in a way that like new stuff doesn't do anymore. Yeah, it it has got a limit, and then the uh, the size of the cards you can use. <laughs> I know that that's the only thing. Just gotta switch them out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and th- so you do everything handheld. You just sit down and you 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 or you you go to the people, or do you yeah. have a place that you do? It I or? really so there is a podcast that I kind of took inspiration from. It's called The Last Podcast. Mm-hmm. It is a lesser known podcast that I really like, and it has a very handcrafted feel, like in the way that like a lot of indie music, you can hear like the fuzz in the background. You yeah. can hear tiny house sounds, but if the person is creative enough, they kind of compile it together so that it almost becomes music-like. Mm. And that's a... Uh, int- I definitely took inspiration from that. I don't think that I've achieved that yet, but I really want to. Mm-hmm. So if I can have, like, noise going on in the background, like, little little things to give the environment color, I really enjoy doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And how, what do you edit? Uh, how much editing do you do? Or? Way too much. <laughs> like, I have to use GarageBand or mm-hmm. GarageBand, if you will. <laughs> <Thank> and, <laughs> and it is so tough. I hate switching. I, I switch between my laptop and my desktop, and they're different versions of mm. GarageBand, and it drives me crazy because the new one is terrible oh really yeah oh. they take away features every mm. single time and it drives me crazy oh, i've never go- i've i use um logic pro and i've never i've opened up garage band garage band <laughs> several times and just looked at it and been like i, I no i don't know what any of this stuff does so mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh so what what version is the one that you like to use what one do you feel comfortable <laughs> whatever the oldest one is <laughs> the oldest versions of GarageBand i can get my hands on the better mm-hmm. yeah hmm. and you mentioned that you use your recorder for music which is something that you um you've produced a couple of albums mm-hmm. and and fairly regularly you put out songs on yeah. youtube right i haven't been as productive with music mm-hmm. and it's kind of because well i have as you know, I have a twin brother named Chris, mm-hmm. and he's been very busy animating. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely talk to him, too. <laughs> but I, we've always written songs on our own, but when it comes to producing things, when it comes to performing, when it comes to posting things, mm-hmm. we've always been kind of intertwined. Yeah. And I'm kind of starting to make out, like, I'm starting to, like, 
stand up on my own or trying to stand up on right. my own creatively, which is really hard. Like Chris is a very impressive creative individual. <laughs> Luckily, that kind of like petty jealousy is a big and important creative drive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just trying to lean into my own songwriting style instead mm. of trying to like compensate for him not being here and just post things even if I, I if even if I don't think it's finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, uh, you th- the the group that you you performed as was oh, the, uh, the playground. Yep. But is that is that still? Uh, that's like both of you share that. And yeah. Whenever you do something, you 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 kind of channel it through that. Or mm-hmm. do you feel like you want to step away from that and while you're doing your own thing? There's like a voice in in the playgrounders. It's very like PG, which is also a pun because it's playgrounders, <laughs> but. It, I mean, not necessarily all the songs are always PG. I think I threw in a curse word one time in a video. Just mm-hmm. one time, just one time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but there, there, there's certainly a vibe that I, that I used to lean into when I made those songs. And it's very endearing to me. I'm not over it. Mm-hmm. I can still use that voice. But there's also a very like weird voice. I, I never get too edgy, mm-hmm. but m- the music that I want to call my own is just weird and kind of annoying but like weird annoying things that I like yeah and so I kind of want to take ownership of that without kind of quote unquote tarnishing the playgrounders image (laughs) 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 Um, with the with the music as you post stuff up on um, YouTube mm-hmm. and um, you also were you going up on um, SoundCloud as well? I can't <laughs> yeah, that occasionally. But that's that's kind of crumbling away now, isn't it? SoundCloud or is that the one that's still around? Um, I it, it's never been much of anything for music right. for me. Okay, but like occasionally, occasionally I'll go be, go on. And it's like oh, twenty five people listen to this song. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll. <laughs> keep that in mind or something it's never been as big of a, of a driver as like youtube or mm-hmm. just even albums I, d- I i have no idea honestly how many people have bothered listening to my album but it makes me a lot happier in the format that that's in mm-hmm. than like soundcloud and <laughs> i feel like if you're gonna put out a whole album in a more traditional sense and you want to put it digitally i feel like Bandcamp is a little better for that mm-hmm. mm. um why is that? Why do you think that's? They better? let you be a little bit more customized. They make they kind of wrap around your creation and mm-hmm. like conform to it. Whereas SoundCloud's just like shrug. I guess <laughs> you're putting it on here, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think the draw is SoundCloud has its own culture, right. but I'm not even in that. Yeah. So what am I even? I just it's it's a nice place to put things mm-hmm. so I can share it other places. Yeah. <laughs> do you like? Um, YouTube because of the visual element? Is that something that you ha- you think helps you connect with, with fans or with uh, people who listen to your music? Or YouTube was the first format for music for me where I actually liked music. Mm. And the reason for that is I have felt for a really long time that music as a creative format kind of stands out on its own in that the people who make it, there's like this perceived pantheon of people. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in that group, if you don't have that vibe, you can't make music. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been really intimidating for me. And the thing that I really liked about YouTube was that it said, it, for the first time, it was like, 
yeah, you can make music. Yeah. And I'd never thought that I could make music, but then I practiced the ukulele. I was in choir for a really long time. Chris was writing songs. I was like, oh, I can, I'll try it. Came naturally. It felt really good. I kept going. And whereas traditional music, because it seemingly comes from this impenetrable pantheon, it's always felt like background noise to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, people will tell me about these tra- these big professional, well-produced bands and albums that I should listen to, and like I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But even at their best, a lot of them just sound like background noise sadly right. mm-hmm. <laughs> like arcade fire i've never been able to fully get into because <laughs> they're like this is the good music i'm like okay my brain categorizes that as the good music and it's just white noise to me yeah but youtube has this endearing amateurishness it'll have really good musicians but then it'll have them on lo-fi low res like square resolution like footage mm-hmm. and just be amazing and grainy and yeah. i love that yeah i and sadly that culture has been kind of eroding mm-hmm. because it's getting more polished and and vivo basically owns youtube music now right uh. if, like the the professional music scene owns youtube now it doesn't belong to youtube musicians mm. but there was this time and this place where all these amazing musicians, some terrible ones, some growing ones, started out in this place and learned that they too could make music, mm-hmm. that it doesn't just belong to these other people. And they found a voice. And hearing them find that voice and hearing that voice itself was extremely compelling. And for the first time, I felt like I too loved music because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Mm. Is that something you feel that is happening with podcasting as well for you? That you've you've found like <laughs> a community of yeah, because it's radio, but everyone can make it. Yeah, and that's why I started making a podcast in part uh, because that's where I felt like that spirit, that creative spirit, is kind of ch- got channeled into, mm-hmm. and also because. Well, yeah, that's that's the whole reason, and. I, I just have a side frustration that's like, that's where all the creative creativity is going, but it doesn't have the same perception of like, anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. People still think that podcasts and, and like audio, that kind of podcast format is like handed down from the heavens, mm-hmm. which is why I think there's the notion of like, oh, everyone's making the, ev- everyone's making a podcast sigh because it's like... <laughs> I don't think it's as nearly as much as people who had YouTube channels, mm-hmm. but people don't think that it's for everyone. Yeah. So we really got to have to work to make people realize that it's like, yeah, everyone has a podcast. You can have a podcast. It's fine. It's yeah. not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to, um, uh, like you said, the music scene and also to like web comics where it became yes. this whole thing yeah. of like, uh, you know, people were, everyone was doing it but mm-hmm. just because everyone was doing it didn't mean that the quality was diminishing it just meant that there was a lot to go through to find the things that spoke to you and yeah that you that you enjoyed so <laughs> and a lot of the people who were complaining didn't really know how to find the the cream of the crop you know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. once you did it's like i'm still like mesmerized by web comics that come out these days they're mm-hmm. amazing you know yeah yeah, there's a lot of really good creators that are in like um, in Scandinavia and stuff like that. Really, yeah, it's hidden really, internationally. Really I like that. Yeah, and I kind of like how it has 
you know, comics has always been this this uh, global thing, but mm-hmm. we perceive it as just being this very strictly categorized by the U.S. market, <laughs> which is which is kind of funny because that's like one of the slowest moving in terms of story and the the um, yeah. you know the most uh, stale almost not not in a creative sense but in like a, the format is very stale and it's very well played out. British comics are all pretty good right like a lot of your first episode you're talking about how you discovered comics in Britain right mm-hmm. yeah I like that story a lot mm. did you talk about Captain Britain at all I'm yeah. having like vague fuzzy memories <laughs> I may have mentioned it yeah. Captain Britain <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's silly when you think about it but I guess so is Captain America mm. <laughs> Yeah, when, when is Captain Mar- Captain when's Captain Britain gonna get a movie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he would sell that well. Unfortunately, he's such a he's, he's an interesting character because he's very muddy and um, he, he's one of those characters that that I think attracts interesting writers, mm-hmm. but they are very um, you know they're they're very singular and very. Mm-hmm. Um, based in England and ba- based in these these kind of traditions that they kind of pervert to to suit the American market, market <laughs> almost. And because of they that, corrupting the British confusing. ideals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of play him as being out of place, which I don't know if that would. Oh, it might work. It might work. Does he it. have like a lot of interdimensional stuff too? There is a lot of interdimensional stuff. There's a lot of uh, warped realities and stuff like that. I mean, if you look at the people who who wrote him, it's like Alan Moore and really, uh, yeah. Um, Chris Claremont started very. I, I can't remember who he, he may have been involved very early on when it was like the the old Captain Britain that was just a the British version of Captain America and then mm-hmm. Chris Claremont <laughs> and then it was tied into um, Arthurian legend and then Alan Moore and then um, John Delano I think uh, took over from Alan Moore or, or replaced Alan Moore on the book. Um, Warren Ellis has been involved in his story, and so you just you're like ticking all these boxes as you're going along of these great writers, but it's mm-hmm. never, it just never stuck. <laughs> you know, it's the one of those characters that never broke out, even though there is the incredible stories. Yeah. There, are there. Well, Captain America didn't even break out until, until <laughs> Marvel hit it big. Yeah. Now that now that uh, Disney also owns uh, like X Men and stuff, mm-hmm. they could probably do the what was that team that Captain uh, Britain Excalibur. was? Excalibur. Mm-hmm. They could do an Excalibur movie. Yeah. Um, that might be cool. Yeah. And especially cause, because it seems like X-Men, they're, they're, they, I think they realize they don't have an Avengers on their hands. So they're just thinking now like, well, I guess we don't have to do this. We can do crazy things. Yeah. And I think people are discovering that's actually what they want now, mm-hmm. that the wheels are kind of turning already. Yeah. Now that the the superhero genre of movies is well, well in motion, yeah. now we get to do the interesting things. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we're starting to see. Yeah. Have you seen Legion? I, I've seen maybe the first episode or the first couple of episodes. I'm so slow with, with TV shows. <laughs> it's like I, I, it's, we normally... Um, uh, watch like one episode hmm. of something and then it sits in the, the <laughs> to catch up and you know except for the, except for event shows like uh, game of thrones or stuff mm. like that where mm. we try to watch every week but that's how i felt about breaking bad oh, i yeah. that was i had to take that in increments it took me three years <laughs> to watch all of that show because yeah. it's so like 
It's the most intense show I've ever seen, not because of the intense moments, but because of like the intense dull moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The yeah. every day they're sitting, they're awkward. Uh, it, it's it's a fire in my brain, and yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good show. I like that one, and I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, Legion. It's a very artistically inspired uh, comic, and the the source material is really good too. Mm-hmm. I like Legion as a character, yeah, as well. Yeah, that's another Chris Claremont character really <laughs> you have to yeah. Bill you were kind of part of my I, I i've always had slight interest in comics uh especially because i grew up on on manga mm-hmm. books and read graphic novels here and there but you were my first like you're the first person in my life who kind of opened up the door and says like no it's all good in here come come check it out <laughs> and that that definitely got me and my brother into 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 comics so mm. I, I really wanted to thank you for that mm. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an expensive habit, Jamie. <laughs> so um, you, you said that you, you grew up reading manga and you're traveling around. You, mm-hmm. you said you were born in, in Washington, mm-hmm. um, but you are um, Japanese-American. Yes, so, um, And you lived in Japan for a while, mm-hmm. right? How long were you there? I was there for about four or five years in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, how much does that uh, that world of art and storytelling and um, <laughs> uh, media influence what you what you do? It kind of has. I I try not to deliberately com- copy manga or anime too much mm-hmm. because it's such a distilled story language, which is to say, you know, when movies have like kind of moviesms that you only hear in movies, but it's not really how people talk or act. Mm-hmm. Manga and anime has that, but like times 10. Right. So I try not to deliberately copy it, but what I do allow is that it definitely affects the narrative language that I, the narrative vocabulary that I use in basically everything. <laughs> the way that people would talk about three-act structures or the hero's journey, mm-hmm. I have a thousand amorphous little vocabulary things in my brain that affect the way that I see and perceive the world and stories and and art. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely latched onto my brain like a anime parasite, mm-hmm. but it's a good time. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's becoming really um i mean it's very universal now a lot of the the techniques of of anime and manga mm-hmm. have bled into um quote unquote mainstream storytelling techniques mm-hmm. so we have I, I feels like more and more we're moving away from the three-act structure and it's become more especially in like uh you, you said the superhero movies and then like the star wars movies are more episodic and mm. more open-ended and it means that the payoffs are different. Mm-hmm. There's certainly different beats. I think a lot of uh, uh, manga, at least in, in, in my experience, a lot of manga has a big opening. Yeah. And then it has a quiet build up to the, the second big moment. They have that concept of like ma too, which is yeah. like the empty space mm-hmm. and yeah. use of that. And it feels like, like especially movies, a, a kind of shifting into that i really like that i've noticed that too Mm -hmm. and there is a subtle comfort to the warm embrace of a three-act structure (laughs) knowing where you are in the story yeah but often when you see movies and stories from other cultures what's really cool is that 
oftentimes they don't abide by that. Mm -hmm. And what it will seem like is that they're just doing whatever, but there is some language, like some narrative language that like, I don't know going on. And so that feels really big to me. And so that I, it's, it's really, it feels really good to feel enveloped in that big, mysterious, like story structure that I don't even understand. Mm -hmm. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are you finding, um, stories now at the moment that are outside of that comfort zone where, where are you starting to <laughs> i don't want to spoil star wars <laughs> i don't want to spoil star wars <laughs> but um uh suffice to say uh all, all i'll say is that this structure defies it, it defies the traditional three-act structure defies the traditional Star Wars structure in a very interesting and subversive way. Mm -hmm. And I think it had something to say about Star Wars and kind of legacy narratives and who owns what stories, what it means to be truthful and, and, um, and, um, faithful Mm -hmm. to a franchise. But I don't think they would have been, if they had stuck to the traditional sequence of events just done another st- quote-unquote Star Wars story, I think that would have been incredibly unfaithful to mm-hmm. Star Wars because their whole thing is blowing people out of the water and throwing in something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is my Star Wars rant. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, I hope you've watched it too and that I'm not spoiling it no. for you. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I think it's going to be okay when this goes out. I think most people who want to see it will have seen it by then. Woo! Yeah. Um, what is... So, so you have music, podcasting... Uh, where do you put the podcast up? Is that on iTunes? Yeah, you can it find it on iTunes uh-huh. or SoundCloud, or SoundCloud. Or Facebook. I want to get it up on Stitcher too. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked into that one. I've been very uh, vanilla with my options. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the website and iTunes. Vanilla is very underrated. People think it's the plain <laughs> ice cream flavor. It is not. Milk is the plain ice cream flavor. <laughs> vanilla is nice. Okay, that's my vanilla defense story. Uh, is there any other... Storytelling technique or, or um, artistic expression that you feel like you're being drawn to at the moment, or want to yes, I want to have an artistic outlet for every degree of how nebulous of a creative thought I have, and I think the way that I like to capture the more nebulous ideas that I have is through origami. Mm-hmm. And I really like improvising origami and exploring geometry and finding the heart and soul of what a shape means. Interpreting abstract thought through geometry is really relaxing and invigorating and rewarding for me. <laughs> so that's my silly little hobby. And sometimes I get cool things out of it. Like I, I was able to invent a form for a T-Rex that I really mm. like. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay um where can people find you and where do you want people to find you are you on <laughs> i you can find me uh, at uh youtube.com slash playgrounders uh-huh. or uh my current project crush hour you can find it on itunes or soundcloud how many episodes have you done so far? I have done two episodes, two and a half. I did like a little <laughs> episode zero thing. Uh-huh. Oh, it takes so long to edit these podcasts, but it's super rewarding. Uh, and 
I <laughs> I think it's something new and different and invigorating. So I hope that you check it out. Thank you very much for coming to the garage on Christmas Day. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's it for today's episode. If you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at whoiampodcast at gmail.com. This is the Playgrounders playing us out with This Is A Love Song from their album Yes Love. We'll be back in two weeks. This is a love song.